Oh, yeah, it's time for another week of, uh, what's this show called? Slow Your Roll. Had a brain fart for a second. <laughs> oh, I thought you were being, I thought you were being funny. Nope, had a genuine brain fart, uh, about what the show was called. Uh, you know, we don't say it a lot, as much as I thought we would in you, this. You, you don't want to beat it, beat it up too much, you know what I'm saying? That's true. Yeah, you gotta just pull it out when it's perfect. That's true. But, it's time for... It's time for everyone to slow their roll and listen to us talk about some football, a little baseball this week. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. We're going to talk a little Pete Carroll and the Seahawks. We're going to let Dom talk a little college football for a second. Yes. We're going to talk um, a little Texas Rangers. Mm. We're going to talk about what, they're, what they've been up to and, you know, all those discuss. Moves, all those moves they're making. What what it, what it could mean mm. for things going forward? Yeah. Uh, also, we're gonna be we're gonna be very nice to each other and very mean to each other in, in yeah. the segment here. Yeah. We talk a lot, so uh, let's go back and and see where we whiffed and uh, see see where we were right on. Yeah, we've talked about this for a little while, and it's been a little while. So yes. now we're gonna talk about where we've we're gone bit, right and where we've gone wrong, maybe a little bit. Yeah. Uh, and we're also gonna talk about that really odd football game last night oh yeah and i'm actually kind of excited to talk about it well you get to start that segment so but dom you get to start the show with your rant yes or your discussion whatever <laughs> you want it to be it's up to you it's in your hands mm. so i'm gonna pass it to you all right here's the baton let's get this started guys so red Sox fans john henry and the ownership has struck again Bring it in JBJ because we all wanted JBJ back so bad for Hunter Renfro. And here's the thing, guys. Here's, here's the saying, right? Don't piss on my leg and tell me it's raining. And guess what? John Henry, Chair Bloom, and Red Sox ownership, they're pissing on your leg. That's what they're doing. Did you see what Bloom said in his little uh, in his, his comments about why they got JBJ? It's just so hard to find a real center fielder. You know, we needed that defensive upgrade in center field. We needed a, a true center fielder, even if it's worth a guy who hit 30 bombs last year or whatever Renfro did. And I'm not even the biggest Renfro defender. But JBJ hit 163 with the Brewers. You guys made the playoffs last year, and you got JBJ, who hits 163. All right. Here's what's truly going on. Once again, John Henry is being a penny-pinching little bleep. And he cares about the bottom line more than he does everything else. And you know what? That is fine. And you know what? It's okay. Also, if Chair Bloom and this staff said, hey, this division is loaded now between the Rays, the Jays, and the Yankees, we don't think our roster is good enough to compete. If that was your thing, come out and say it. That's fine. This trade was not about JBJ. This trade was about the two prospects they got. David Hamilton and Alex Belnaeus. His name's hard to say. But he's a big left-handed third baseman. Very nice upside. Uh, He's hit for power and average down in the minors in multiple seasons. Hamilton, not as good. Speed guy. Hasn't shown to be an elite bat at any level, but a decent bat. But it's about Belnaeus. But you know what? You know what the Sox did, though? 
Because God forbid you admit what's going on to the fans because John Henry wants to make sure everybody's showing up to the games and getting them that profit margin as big as he can get it the way he wants it. So they bring in JBJ as a distraction, a smokescreen. They'll say, we'll bring in a fan favorite who helped them win a World Series to try and disguise the fact that we're selling off pieces for prospects because we don't want to pay money. That's what this is about. And that's what they're doing. Now, it's excusable to me if they look at their roster and said, we're not good enough, so let's try and retool things a little bit. That's fine to me. But do you think it's about that, Jesse, or do you think it's just about John Henry caring about the bottom line? I don't know which one it is yet, but they're pissing on your leg, Sox fans. It's not about JBJ. JBJ was just a distraction. JBJ was the PR move behind what the real move was, which is trading an asset to get prospects, which we want to win here in Boston. And you know what, guys? At best, the Sox, they're a third-place team next year in in that division because the division keeps getting better. The Jays are loaded. They're probably my favorite to make the World Series next year. The Rays are still good. And the Yankees have their problems, but they're still, they'll be a winning baseball team. Just they they'll, have a ceiling. They'll throw money wherever. Exactly. To, to make it to and the And to me, you know, this is still annoying because I actually do think that this roster is still decent enough. You've just got to bring in some starting pitching and, and load up on that. But be that as it may, that's not what they see. And uh, they're pissing on your leg, Sox fans. That's what they're doing. JBJ's a PR move to distract what's really going on. Jesse, what are your thoughts on this? Mm. Well, uh, you know, I liked JBJ. Uh, I never saw him as obviously someone you should throw a lot of money at. Mm. And, hey, he's more expensive than Hunter Renfro. But I think it was $1.5 to $2 million. He's worth uh, more expensive. Uh and he's obviously the much better fielder, but like okay, but you say he's more expensive. But what are the odds you think that no, they, he, they, that they he, cut him? But no, but what are the odds they just cut him at some point if he's hitting one sixty three already? Oh, maybe. And the other I thing guess. with Renfro, sure. Is, I, I, can you do that to JBJ, this fan favorite you brought in? I don't think so because the, the way I'm seeing the fans react, they don't seem all that happy about JBJ being back. This isn't the 1990s, they sh- and they shouldn't be. No, they shouldn't be. I, uh, no, listen, they whiffed to me on the PR move because they didn't realize, you know, it's not 1990 anymore and we have the internet and we can all go and look up uh, what he did in Milwaukee and, and we all have a lot of talk shows and options about where to get information. So that well, kind of thing doesn't blow up. You, you, you can't sneak that by the fans anymore. It is clear that Milwaukee was very desperate to dump JBJ. Oh, yeah. Um, and I feel they got a good deal, Milwaukee. Mm. They got offense yes which is what they needed and you know they still got a good arm mm-hmm. he's got a good arm well, he, he's a trash defender he can throw there. the ball and he loves to do it um even when it doesn't make any sense where he's throwing the ball <laughs> uh but uh you know i liked renfro because he hit he put up 30 home runs and i would i felt that overshadowed what he did in the field um, because he threw out enough guys that it made it okay when he threw it home when he should throw it to the cutoff man or when he just drops the ball. Oh, listen, I was on this from the start, though. He is a trash defensive outfielder. He is. Um, and it's okay. You upgraded center field, but he, you could have done that with someone else because it's like, oh, you couldn't, 
you couldn't find a center fielder. I said Starling Marte, my guy. Oh, I know. And listen, four years, $78 million. I don't think you should have paid him that. Uh, especially Why? This is Boston. I don't even think that's that egregious. He's 33. But four years. So, is, listen, if I, have to, if I have one year of like overpaying, I'm okay with that. I guess. But even if you didn't want to do that, and you said maybe let's go for a fourth outfielder, mm-hmm. Kevin Pillar is still on the market, also 33. He's been here. Bring that guy back. Mm-hmm. I liked him. I really like And I do like him. Yeah, and if JBJ is going to hit um, 160 in Milwaukee, do you really think there's an offensive difference between Pilar and Bradley, really? Yeah, they're both fast. They're both good defensively. No, I know, but I said offensively. They're both bad. Offensively. I'd rather have Pilar, though. No, I would, too. I, Yeah, if you're going to dumpster dive, I'd rather have Pilar. Um, but that's why I said this move is about the prospects. Yeah, uh, but say that. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. They're pissing on your leg. So come out and say it. Say it. And you asked, like, also you say is, fine. I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Brewers threw some money in this deal to pay for some of JBJ's contract. Maybe. Yeah. Um. And by the way, uh, if they that. did, if they did, the Sox wouldn't want to release that information because, again, that would that would kind of ruin the PR move because they'd be like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're getting the other team to pay part of this guy's contract, so clearly you don't think he's that good. I hope so, because <laughs> like that's not that's not a good contract for JBJ. I think it was oh, no. nine million dollars. Yes. Um, and he hit one sixty three. Yeah, in one of the best hitting ballparks, by the way, too. <laughs> well, yo, he's such he's a strikeout machine, baby. Oh, he really is. Um, like Renfro, at least he hits the ball out of the ballpark. Yes, but also like. He'll put the ball in play. He popped out a lot, but the ball is in play. Something could happen, I guess. He, it really just comes out. You want to boil it down to that kind of stuff. He just hits the ball harder than JBJ does. He does. I mean, he also like makes better contact when he does. Oh, I know. He's just an all-around better hitter than. But like you said, like about like oh, is this just John Henry? Uh, I mean, I think Chime Bloom's fingerprints are all over this move okay but i think chime bloom was obviously brought in because he was a raised guy he knows how to get these uh money ball type guys these cheap guys um and play because john henry definitely wants to play the raised game mm-hmm. with the red Sox. so with a little bit more money mm-hmm. but they he yes he because the what the point i'm making is yeah, Chime Bloom. This is a Chime Bloom type move, but it's a John Henry type move because John Henry really. He, Chime Bloom is such a John Henry guy yeah. for what John Henry I really is. We do things the cheapest way possible. And I don't want to crap on. Excuse me. Actually, it's Heim. We were saying it wrong. It's yeah. Heim. Heim Bloom. I don't want to crap on him because he's like clearly a smart guy. Oh yeah. But like, let him play with the money. That's what I'm saying. Listen, what you did with the Rays is fantastic. But if you if you ask the you if, you, if you ask the current Rays GM, hey, I'm going to give you an extra 150 million dollars. You don't think he'd be spending a little bit more money than what he does? Yeah, he wouldn't have to get rid of people like every like you know he they always go in on pitching. Yes. Imagine if they could keep some of these offensive prospects and players that they've had over the years and have them all at once. I know, exactly, exactly. And I will say this about the move. 
It actually, to me, straight up is a decent move because I think you got a nice haul of prospects for a guy that I think you sold high on because this has easily been Renfro's best season he's ever had. So I get that part. The part that I don't like is... I feel like it, the monster had a lot to do with that. Yeah. Well, the part that I don't like is you're trying to spin this in a way that it, it's not... Like like I said, you're pissing on everyone's leg. It's not about JBJ. It's so hard to get a elite center fielder. Blah, no, it's not about JBJ. It's not about competing in 2022. It's about the prospects. So that's my that's my fault on this. Stop lying to us. Bloom, Henry, stop it. Be honest. Hey, if the prospects work out, though, then I'm like, all right. Well, that's why I don't even think it's a bad just baseball move. I don't like the way you're lying about it. Oh, uh, I mean, yeah, obviously, but <laughs> yeah. like, and clearly, John it, Henry it, it is could be a better move down us. the line, but like, it makes us a worse team in 2022. It does. Yes. Yeah, I'm 100. All right, I think I think we're good. Like I said, this is this is very quick, concise opening segment. So, all right, mm-hmm. moving on, Jesse. Get us started here. Rapid fire news before we go to our Pat's Bills talk. Yeah, it's time for rapid. Fire <laughs> news. Well, we do the news really quick. Uh, you know what? Got news all over the place this week. Yes. Uh, I'm going to start with a little callback to last, the beginning of last week. Mm-hmm. The United States said it has have is going to have a diplomatic boycott of the 2022 Beijing Olympics. Really? Yes. Now it's just a diplomatic boycott. The athletes are still allowed to go if they so choose, uh, which doesn't mean much, but it's a start. Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, moving on to little MLB news. The lockout is officially started. Players have been locked out. Uh, we'll probably get into that on a later show. Maybe even next week, yeah. Yeah, about what this means uh, moving forward. What they're arguing about. Yeah, and stuff like that. A little more in-depth. But right now, it is official. It started, what was it, last Thursday? I believe it started officially. Um, and it got a little petty. MLB pictures were wiped off the website. The players' pictures were wiped off the website. So... Uh, actually, I really do want to get into this more next week. So yeah, we, we probably will. It, it got a little petty. Uh, some NHL news. Uh, Brad, uh, we just missed it, but Brad Marchand was suspended three games. Uh, it ends tomorrow. Oh, okay. So he's back playing tomorrow. He's, the three games happened during the week. Uh, he was slew-footed Vancouver's Oliver ekman Larson, And, you know, there's speculation that it was kind of unfair. But this is rapid-fire news, so we don't have time to talk about it. Uh, Speaking of suspensions, Antonio Brown, three-game suspension for violating the NFL's COVID policy is what they're calling it. Very trying to hush-hush about what he actually did. Yeah, because they think it's a fake vaccination card. Which is technically a federal offense. Yes, I know. Uh, So they really want to just keep this on the down low. Uh but football news, uh, Detroit Lions, they won a football game. They won 29-27 on a walk-off touchdown uh, against the Vikings. Of course, it was the Vikings. Um, so I'm so happy for them. I'm so happy for Dan Campbell. 
I don't think he's a very good coach. Uh, but I, I just I think like he's a good motivator. No, I like guys like him. You know what? I think if Campbell had a very good staff around him, he might be good. Oh, sure. Because then he'd be just the motivational guy. Yeah. Because, um, man, they do play hard for him. They do. And I also think, like, you know, he's kind of gotten shunned, not quite as hard as Urban Meyer, but he's gotten a little bit of that treatment. And I think a lot of that is because uh, the NFL is a boys club and they don't like other guys and new guys kind of coming in and doing it differently. And uh, He didn't help himself with some of his press conferences either, though. No, because he, 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 he is a character. The bite in the kneecaps thing was weird. Yeah, and like he had just kind of strange coaching at practice styles and warm up styles. Um, so he is he is a strange guy, but I, I like I like that personally. You know, say what you want about how it translates on the field, um, but the players like him, and no one in the media seems to though. I like that. So good for the Lions. But you know, last bit of uh, rapid fire news, which translates into the next segment. Uh, we have a new number one seed in the AFC. It is your New England Patriots, baby. Coming back from the dead. The evil empire is back in business, yes, son. To march all the way to the Super Bowl and beyond. Uh, which leads us into last night's game and how Bill is the greatest coach of all time, hands down. Oh my God, I loved what I saw last night. Okay. Because uh, being just a Patriots fan, like... We need to just uh, humble ourselves a little bit because we have seen some bizarre things, things we just you don't see. And we've seen it all in 20 to 25 years span. You know, I've seen two some of the greatest kicks in the snow I've ever seen. Uh, I've seen the greatest show on turf get murdered. It stopped right in its tracks. I've seen the greatest Super Bowl meltdown of all time in 28 to 3. You also saw the boy genius offense get completely shut down also. Yeah. When Sean McVay took the league by yeah. storm. In the lowest scoring Super Bowl of all time. Yes. Uh, I have seen Tom Brady throw five touchdown passes in a single quarter in the snow and just absolutely dominate. Dominate the Tennessee Titans. I've seen Tom Brady throw f- 50 touchdown passes, which was later broken by Peyton Manning. But hey. I saw Randy Moss at the all-time record for receiving in a season, receiving touchdowns in a season. And now I've seen a game where a quarterback threw three passes, two of which were complete. You're right. Mac Jones really does just tear it up with that completion percentage. Um, but, you know, uh, this just also made the Bills so mad, and I love that. Because did you see the press conferences after with Sean McDermott and um, – no, uh, I didn't see that. Micah Parsons, and I don't remember the other one who was with Micah, Micah Parsons. Micah Parsons on Dallas, bro. No, no, no. Oh, um, what's his name? Uh, Micah something. Oh, I don't know. Anyway. Micah Hyde. Micah Hyde. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Excuse me. Um, and when they stormed off in the press conference, uh, like, they were just, they. I love that. But, like, just the, the game plan of, like. Bill's, Bill's already living rent-free in their heads. Yeah, the game plan of, like, we're just going to run, run and run, and nothing else, and you're never going to really stop us. I mean, obviously, like, you know, it wasn't a high-scoring game. You were stopped. But you did enough, and I I love how that much this got in the Bills' head. And you said last night, you told me last night, you felt like the Bills were a better team. 
And I think, obviously, on paper, they are, especially this season. Well, what did they get to the red zone, or at least near the red zone, like three different times, but didn't come up with any points? Yes. I, I'm just saying, in a better weather game, I'm thinking they're going to cash in. But I think just the Patriots are so much better coached. And I don't think Sean McDermott is a bad coach. No, I know. But I just think Bill is just head and shoulders. is better than everybody else, and I love that. And this, this team is... A Patriots team. It's good enough. It's exactly what Bill's looking for. They don't make mistakes. No. They play fantastic defense. They And when they lost in the beginning of the season, is because they were making mistakes. But well, they have polished that. And they were a rookie quarterback and a lot of new pieces. Yes. And they've learned. They've Now they're playing together. All these free agents mm-hmm. are playing together. And these rookies are playing well. Yep. And they got those boys back on defense who opted out last year. You add Judon. We got a real pass rush. Yeah. And boy, that offensive line, son. I'm not even... I, I when it's it. healthy. Yeah. I'm not even going to sit here yet and say they're the best team in the AFC, though they have the number one seed and the hottest team. But at least offensively, we're the most physical team in football, aren't we? Yes. Definitely. I mean, we are the toughest, grittiest, in-your-face, physical team, especially on offense. You know, uh, we have said maybe you can run on this defense, though. We'll see. They're about to get a real test on that because uh, they're going to have to play Jonathan Taylor in that run game of the Colts well, coming up. The Bills' run game is not good. No, I know it's not. So, And it was really when they were actually able to complete passes when they were actually moving it downfield and into the red zone. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, but with when saying like this run game and like this is the most physical team, everyone has to buy in at that point. Mm-hmm. You know, these wide receivers have to understand like, all right, I'm not going to be I'm not going to get catches. I'm not going to get thrown to. I got to be in there. I mean, I don't think that'll be a problem because none of those wide receivers are high draft picks whoever. <laughs> I mean, they're not No, cuz they're the Kendrick Bourne and Jacoby Myers. Ain't nobody ever looked at those they're guys and thought Bill is looking for. And Aguilar's, you know, Aguilar's at the tail end of his career now too. Yeah, they're they're Patriots. Yes. If these were guys like, you know, OBJ. Sure, or um and like, you know, I don't want to call out people specifically, but I think of the top, the elite guys who are, you know, paid the most. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think they would like a game plan like that at all, even no. if even if the, the weather was that bad. Mm. Um, and you also like a quarterback like Mac Jones, uh, you know, a lot of quarterbacks, maybe like a Big Ben mm. would be like, no, I still want to throw the ball. Let's throw the ball. Like, come on. Like let's throw it into the fifty uh, mile an hour winds. I'm I'm the best player on this team. Let's throw the ball. Maybe I'll actually throw it ten yards. I'll use the wind. Ha! And I'll just like toss it up in the air and let the wind take it. Um But you know, uh you know, I saw the press conference after with Mac Jones and he you know, he he's got a droopy face and like he looks like a sad guy, so it's hard to always tell how he's feeling, but he seemed he's like, Yeah, it's like team. Yeah. And he's all he seems to be a team guy. I wanted Mac to roll in there though, just sarcastic. I wish he had rolled in there and be like, ah, I'm the best of all time, right, baby? Yeah, but he's so monotone. I, and, it would have been so funny yeah. though if he had rolled in there like, I'm coming for Brad. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the best. 67%. Yeah, just completely sarcastically and smiling and knowing being sarcastic. But yeah, that would have been hilarious. Yeah. Uh, that, that game put me on the Mac Jones hype train, guys. I bought my ticket. He's the best in the business. But I will say, like, with this weather, 
obviously this doesn't quite tell us who is the better team. No. Who's the better coach team? Oh, my Lord. It is Bill. It is William. Once again, coming back uh, from all the haters mm. saying he can't do it. But we'll see in a couple weeks when they come to Foxborough, mm-hmm. where they came last season and buried the Patriots. Yes. So we'll we see. shall see. We shall see. I'll be. I'll be honest. I'm. I'm, I'm leaning towards Buffalo in that game just because it's hard to sweep a team, especially when you face them oh. not long after. Uh, can I talk about the next matchup coming up though? Well, real quickly here. Sure. Because I do think this is another. I'd love to hear. This is another test. Because we have said the one thing about this team is maybe you can run on them. And now you've got to face Jonathan Taylor in probably the best run game in the NFL. So, I mean, they get a bye beforehand, which Bill on a bye is sensational. Yeah. So that helps a lot. But but what, but, what do you feel about this game? The Colts? Yeah. Mm. And you don't like Wentz. I know you don't. So I don't. But, you know, I like. And the Colts are desperate, by the way, now in all their games. Yeah. For the most part. Yeah, kind of. Um, and, I mean, they have weapons. Mm. So you can, obviously you're going to prepare. You have to prepare for a guy like Jonathan Taylor. Mm. Um, and even a guy like Neem Hines is a good running back. So you you have to prepare for a running game, and you have to probably mostly prep for a running game. And that's been a one of the strongest things for Carson Wentz this season is because he has guys like Pittman to throw to. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I think this uh, is going to be one of the toughest games for them this season, and it's going to really show what I think both the Colts and the Patriots are really made of. Mm. Are the Patriots really this team that deserves to be at the top of the division and at the top of the conference. Mm. And uh, the Colts really a team that deserves to be in the conversation of uh, playoffs. Mm. Well, they're definitely in the conversation so, now because of – and they're probably on track to make it because of that extra seed. But with all – Are they contenders? Start, are they contenders in the playoffs? Sure. Yeah, but like with that start and, you know, they have a tough schedule and they've had to – lost some tough games. Mm-hmm. So – Yes. It'll tell us if the Pats defense is a complete defense too, because like I said, we've wondered. Yeah. we've wondered if you can run on them. Now they'll face the best run offense in football. All right, I think we're good on that. We're gonna take a quick break, guys, and then we'll be back talking about Pete Carroll and the Seahawks, that mess, and then uh, we'll get into our right wrong and uh, call each other out a little bit on some stuff. All right, so stick with us, guys. Just a sec. Ladies and gentlemen, slow your roll. Dominic Lorenzano alongside writer for the Yaki Way Report, as always, Jesse Caulfield. 
And let's get a start here on Pete Carroll and the Seahawks. I've been on this for a while. We said it on one of the earlier shows when we were previewing uh, the NFC West before the season started. The game has passed Pete Carroll by. It's over in Seattle. It is absolutely over in Seattle. Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll are like the couple that's staying together for the dog. All right? It's over. Everybody knows it's over. Everyone outside the organization knows it's over. Inside the organization, fans. I mean, Russell kind of knew it was over, too. That's why he talked about trying to leave beforehand. But it's over. They're just together for the dog at this point. And that dog is the team and Russell Wilson's money. But Seattle, it's hard moving off a legend. It's hard moving off someone who's going to make the Hall of Fame. But Seattle has got to move on from Pete Carroll at the end of this season. They have not been a good team for three years now. They've just had Russell Wilson to cover all the warts. But the game has passed Pete Carroll by. He's a defensive coach who's completely out-schemed. They've been near last in the NFL in almost all defensive metrics. This year, they are 31st in defense. Their offensive schemes are completely outdated. Carroll, since their owner, Allen, died, his daughter took over. She doesn't care as much. She doesn't use the power. And Pete Carroll has been given way too much power now. He decides almost everything. He decides draft picks. He is whiffed on multiple picks. And he traded two first-round picks and a third-round pick for a safety, Jamal Adams, who is really good, but he's a safety. And that's a lot to give up for a safety. It was a panic move to fix what was a terrible defense by a defensive-oriented coach. 31st in defense this year. They've been out scheme for a while they've just had Wilson to cover things and Wilson got hurt and now he's not 100% and you're seeing exactly what this organization is now it is time to move on in Seattle hate to break it to you guys it's been a nice run he got you a Super Bowl he'll wear the gold jacket someday but it's over the game has passed Pete Carroll bye all right, Jesse, do you have anything to add to that? I will say it's hard to blame him a lot for what has happened this season because there has been so many injuries. Uh, you know, they weren't winning at the beginning of the season much either. It wasn't going to be a very good team either way. They thought, whoa, 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 whoa. They thought they were going to be, be good. They, I don't care what they thought. Oh, I'm just saying, what? You went finishing second. Boop. You went finishing second in the NFC West. Okay, but I never said said. I missed that too. <laughs> I never actually said that they were going to be a very good team. I pretty sure I've said I didn't use a specific word, but I thought they were going to be frauds, a decent team that was just gonna kind of limp along. I mean, yeah, I didn't expect the bottom to fall out like this, but if but you that's told- also because I didn't expect Wilson to get hurt. Sure. Yeah. But like, yeah. I mean, you can never predict those. But like, no. I didn't expect the Cardinals to be this good. Oh yeah. Um, and uh, I didn't. I guess I didn't expect the Forty ers to be this good. Yeah. If I can say that. Yeah. But I mean, listen to me. It, it, this is just so obvious because I thought the game has passed them by for a while. They haven't been that good. They just had a great quarterback to and, bail them out. And the second Russell Wilson isn't a hundred percent, you see the bottom fall out of this team because it's just been supported up by Russell Wilson over the past two or three years. I mean, they lost oh, Chris Carson, too. And... By the way, but that's a, that's Pete Carroll drafting again, too. He's whiffed. 
He's Chris Carson's way, a good running back. He's decent when he's healthy, but he's never healthy. Not anymore. Metcalf is like the only one they've really hit on in the last while. And by the way, the Tyler Lockett is good. How long ago did they, they trade away Max Unger? I feel like that was like five years ago now, and they've still never fixed the offensive line since. It seems to be a problem of a lot of teams. I know. But uh, but like I said, that, that, but Pete Carroll has say in he's like a little GM. They have a GM, but like the GM has to go through Carroll on stuff. He can't hit on any they can't hit on any defensive moves any either. And he's a defensive coach. They sold their souls for Jamal Adams. Yeah. And he's not even that good. Yeah, he's pretty good. He's just it's a safety, bro. You can't give up two first round picks and a third. That's the thing. It's ridiculous. They're overpaying for for uh, safety. I agree with you that I thought the Seahawks should have parted way with him a couple years ago. Mm. Um, But I'm just saying they have some excuses this season with losing. You lost your for your you lost your QB one. Yeah. Your QB two was Geno Smith. (laughs) That is true. That is true. There's some so, coaches who are winning games with backups. Not a lot of games, but they can manufacture a win or two. Backups. Hey, Washington, the football team's almost in the playoffs with a backup quarterback. A backup quarterback. Heineke. He's a backup. What is Geno Smith? Barely an NFL quarterback. Practice squad backup. <laughs> that is true. But now they're losing games with Russell, too. Oh, no, they are. Um, but, like, Russell's not quite 100%. No, I know he's um, not, but still. Dude, their offensive schemes are so outdated. They're so outdated. They're getting worked all the time. Their defense gets worked every game, too. Uh, I, well, yeah, the defensive coach's defense is getting worked. And it's been worked now for, like, three years. No. this it, it No. The only the problem now is you, you held on to Carroll so long, it's become such a mess. Russell Wilson's probably gone after this year. That's the Probably. Problem. Yeah, he's probably demand a trade. All right. Wasn't well, his contract up? No, I thought he had one more year on it. Mm. We can look at that. We can look at that. I thought he had one more year. All right. Anyway. Anyway, moving on. We we say a lot of things every week. We got a lot to talk about, make a lot of predictions, and uh, we're going to see where we whiffed and where we were right on and, on some stuff. So, Jesse, I'm going to let you start this off interrogating me. Are we doing right or wrong first? Uh, you can be, uh, be nice first. You okay. You do right. Okay. It'll be quick, so. Oh, yeah. I'm going to just sit there and gloat into the camera. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, my first right, I'm going to start with baseball. Mm. Some baseball. Something you were right on because, I, you know, I never like to miss a chance to uh, crap on them. You're right about, like, the Yankees mm. and how their philosophy is so uh, outdated. And we saw it uh, in the wild card game and just towards the end of the season. You can't buy... World Series anymore. It needs to be a, a slow, meticulous process of prospects and throwing money in the right direction. Not the most money, but in the right direction. Uh, you can't just buy big bats and hit a home run every game and just win in, in a slugfest. You need guys that can get on base. You need guys that can move guys on base. You need guys that can take bases, the extra base, stuff like that. You need fielding. You need uh, pitching. You need the right pitching. Situational pitching. And you need a manager that's better than some guy that hit a home run in the playoffs in 03. So you were, you're right on all fronts, Dom. Thank you. With the Yankees. I appreciate that. They suck now. They just don't know it. Their philosophy sucks. 
Let them grow beards. Put your last name on the back of the jersey, bro. Ridiculous. All right. You're right, Dom. Thank you. I appreciate that. We can move on. <laughs> uh, I just want to crap on the egg. Do you have anything to say for yourself for you? Uh, I got nothing to say. Just be multidimensional offensively. Figure it out, Cashman. Mm. I mean, I mean, don't really, because I, I I like when the Yankees suck. But yeah, for New York fans, you gotta you gotta make Cashman realize that, uh, or ownership, whoever it is, stop buying home run bats. That's not what you need. All right. Next one. Oh, you want me to go again? Yeah. So you, I mean, you can go. Uh, do you have two right and two wrong, or do you have one right? I have two right, two wrong. All right, you, you can go with the wrong now. Let's go. Okay. Where am I wrong? Where, where, where'd I whiff? Oops. Well, ooh, which one do I do first, baby? I'm going to do... Oh, I'm going to do the one you think I wasn't going to do. Okay. Oh, these lights are all messing with that. I might have to... Sorry. All right, it's all good. Trying to do the camera. I think I know the one you're going to do now. Oh, you do? I do. Oh, there we go. That worked. There you go. There we go. For the Instagram. <laughs> uh, you were wrong about the Eagles, Dom. You were so wrong about those Philadelphia Eagles. And I hate to say this because I don't like Philadelphia. And I don't like the Eagles. But they're a decent team. They're an okay team. They're in a playoff spot right now. Um, Garbage playoff Despite spot. their lack of a real quarterback right now. Um, though Gardner Minshew looked decent. And I like him. I like Gardner Minshew. Um, but you were wrong, Dom. You said they were possibly going to be the worst team in football, last place, first first overall pick. They're in a playoff spot right now. Yeah. Do I think they really deserve it? No, not really. Do I think they're a good team? No, I don't. <laughs> but are they the worst team in football? No. That is my beloved Detroit Lions. And I only love them this year. Um, or even the Jets. Yeah. Uh, but it's not the Philadelphia Eagles, Dom. So sorry. Do you have anything to say for yourself? I don't have anything to say for myself, really, on this one. Complete whiff by me. They're not as bad as I thought. I did say maybe they get saved by their division, though. They have some nice wins in that division. Um, but no, I whiffed. I think I'm right on Jalen Hurts, though. I don't think he's an NFL quarterback. Mm. Oh, an NFL starting quarterback. They should mm. probably play Minshew if they care about winning. But I disagree with you there, but I can't prove you wrong in the Jalen Hurts thing. Yeah. <clears throat> but, no, I whiffed. I whiffed on the Eagles. They're not nearly as bad as I thought they'd be. They're a little like the Pats. Super physical. Just run the ball. Yeah. All right. All right. I'll do another right. I'll do my second right. Okay. Oh, you're correct on. All right. Something I don't want to quite admit, uh, but the Colts are pretty good. Colts are good. The Colts are good. I'm not going to point to one particular player. <laughs> I Although, mean, I didn't say they were. I didn't say they were going to be good because of Wentz. Okay, there's obviously like you know, there's good pieces here. Pittman, uh, yeah, they have H- gr- Hilton when he's healthy. They have a really good O line. Uh, um, the, the linebacker, uh, what's his name, Leonard? Oh, Darius Leonard. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they got pieces everywhere, and I like their coach. Yeah. I think you said, like, they have, like, they're they're not, like, elite anywhere. Oh, yeah, they're not special anywhere other than a running back, but they're not bad anywhere. Yeah. They're good enough at wide receiver. They're good on the O-line. 
They're good enough up front. They're good enough in the secondary. Yeah. yeah. And because of that, they are, they, they turns out they're a pretty good team. Mm-hmm. Fighting for their life right now. Yes. But they've had some tough games, had a tough start. But it turns out they're, they're, they're one of the better teams. They have an identity and they have a good coach. Yeah. yeah. And they, they have a, a good team. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you. So you were right about the Colts thank you. team. Let's okay. go. Come at me. What's this last one? I hope I right. hope I think it's what it is. All right. So for my second one, what you're wrong on, you were wrong about the Dolphins. Yes. The Miami Dolphins. You said they needed Deshaun Watson. They needed him. They're a terrible team. Their quarterback is awful. He was never going to get it done. They're never going to win games with him. Okay. And for a little bit, you were right. A little bit you were right. The team didn't have an identity. They were losing games. It was going bad. There was real talks. And I said I never wanted to hear that man's name again unless he was really in the news. But you were wrong. They didn't need Deshaun Watson. They're winning games again. It's too late. And the Patriots and uh, Bills are too good. They're not going to make the playoffs this year. But they're not a bad team. And there's still hope moving forward, Dom. They don't need Deshaun Watson you're wrong. Nope. I'm As not. you sit there with that look on your face. I'm not wrong because I never said they were a bad team. I said they're a decent team and they needed a better quarterback to get over the hump. And don't tell me, oh, they're so good now. You're winning games. They beat the Houston Texans, the Ravens on a short week, the Jets, the Panthers when Cam Newton went 5 of 21 and the Panthers turned the ball over three times and they beat the New York Giants. Come on. You come on. Come on. I said the roster is a good roster, and they need a better quarterback you know who, than Tua to get him over the hump. Look at the trash that they have played on you this You know who else streak. they beat? The yeah. number one team in the AFC. They're the only team in the AFC to beat the Patriots. It was week one. Yeah. <laughs> Rookie quarterback. And I never said the team was bad. I said to be special, they need to get a different quarterback. No, no, no. no. By, the way, by the way, in these games, Houston Texans, they scored 17 points. The Ravens game, they scored 22. That's decent because Baltimore is at least a decent team. The Jets game, 24. That's the Jets. They're terrible. The Panthers game, they scored 33, but they got three interceptions from the Panthers, and the Panthers couldn't sustain a drive because Newton was 5 of 21. And against the New York Giants, they scored 20 points. Two ain't the guy. He ain't it. I don't want to hear it. I didn't say the Dolphins were terrible. I said to be special, they need a better quarterback. Maybe you wouldn't be 6-7 and seven if you got Deshaun Watson. I don't want to hear about a win streak. You played some of the worst teams in the NFL. You should win those games if you're not incompetent. Uh, at one point, I kind of considered them worse than some of those teams. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, I they def- were, oh, they were bad to start the year. I definitely would consider them. Like, all right. I guess I'll give you the short week against the Ravens. But they beat the Ravens. They did. Uh, but, like, wait, was it a Thursday night game? Yeah. So they had a short week, too. Yeah. But the, the Ravens, I think, had played a tough game before that. Oh, the good team played a tough game. Oh, come on. Listen, all I'm saying is during this win streak, they've went, they've beaten one team that wasn't trash. One. Uh, yeah, but they, they're supposed to beat the bad teams, and they pretty they beat the bad teams pretty... Exactly, so this not, it doesn't prove anything. I never said they were a terrible team. Beat, I said, no, I said beat, if you want to be special, you, you've got to get a different quarterback, and maybe you wouldn't be 6-7 and seven if you got to Sean Watson. 
I mean, if you had Deshaun Watson to start the season, yes. The Ravens the, were coming be... off an overtime game against the Vikings. Okay. Just saying. Whole extra time of football they had to play, barely squeak out a win against the Vikings in a tough game. Mm. Then short week, Thursday night, go play the Lonely Dolphins. And they didn't get up for the game, and they didn't look good. I watched that whole game while you guys were at the concert. <laughs> that was Florida. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So I could say I'm wrong on that one, but I don't think so. I think I'm think I'm hit the nail on the head. Maybe maybe you'd have eight or nine wins if you got Watson instead of being six and seven. I mean, sure, if you have Deshaun Watson at the beginning of the season, their record is going to be better because he's just an overall better quarterback. But to say they need him and that they're not gonna be listen. The Patriots are just better than we thought this year, and the Bills are still a good team. Mm. And uh, the Dolphins have had some injury issues, and they've had some identity issues. So it took them a while to, to gel this season. I also think that trade talk really killed the lot. No, I, I've said that. Yeah. And I felt that. Yeah, that, that really derailed the early part of the year. All right, moving on. Jesse, it's your time now in the spotlight to answer some stuff. Hooray. All right, I'll be nice. Let's start it off. This one you haven't talked a ton about, and I feel like the debate was largely over by the time this year started, and especially halfway through the year. But you were on the Jared Goff actually sucks train for a long time, and I thought, well, they got him to a Super Bowl. They win a lot of games. He can't be that bad. I think he gets a little too much hate. Well, now he only has one win in his career without Sean McVay. Mm. So, uh just you got know, it, baby. You were you were right on about just how trash Jared Goff really is. He's I, he might not actually be an NFL starting quarterback. I said that for years, though. Well, that's what I said. That's why. Well, that's probably why. I, listen, you didn't say a ton on the show because by the time we started this, I feel like a, a lot of the debate was over. But okay. we've been right on that for a long time. I was saying that right. when he was leading that team to the Super Bowl. All right, next one. You were wrong on this, son. I'm sorry. You just you don't give this man credit at all. You don't think that Derek Carr is a great quarterback. You don't think he's that good. You don't think he's one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL. I don't even say he's top five. But you think that part of the reason the Raiders aren't good is because of Derek Carr. And when we did the Panic or Not segment, you went, you guys have nothing to panic about because you had nothing to begin with. You got Derek Carr. Derek Carr is holding up a terrible, dysfunctional organization that we don't realize is as dysfunctional because they at least win enough games. The Raiders are 0-6 when Carr doesn't throw for 300 yards. And not just 300 yards. On most of those games, he's throwing for 340-plus. Meaning, if Derek Carr isn't absolutely on fire and wrecking it in the game, the Raiders can't win a game. And that's a lot to ask. The Chiefs have won multiple games when Patrick Mahomes has barely even thrown for 200 and been trashed. If you have to win, if every single game you need your quarterback to be awesome and on fire, you're not a good team. And yet Derek Carr at least has him viable at 6-6. Six and six. He's had to deal with so much nonsense. John Gruden, who we didn't even know if it was a great coach anyway. Then you have that distraction. His main deep threat, Henry Ruggs, kills somebody and is going to go to jail. He has to deal with that. Uh, Darren Waller has been banged up a few times here and there. He was banged up in the last game. He had to throw 18 completions to Josh Jacobs and Hunter Renfro. I mean, Renfro's decent, but Renfro ain't elite. The other ones are coming to your running back. They don't run the ball particularly all that well anymore. Mayock is whiffed on multiple picks. Derek Carr 
is holding up a bad organization, and it's because of Derek Carr they're even functional and have a 6-6 six and six record. And I'm going to say something right now. I don't think with what Stafford is doing now with the Rams as far as like he's kind of come back down to earth, Derek Carr is a better quarterback than Matt Stafford, guys. And we all thought Stafford would be the savior of the Rams, and we all say, well, when are the Raiders going to move on from Derek Carr? He's a better quarterback than Stafford today, in my opinion. So you were wrong on Derek Carr. Uh, I very much disagree with you. Oh, okay. Derek Carr is better than Matt Stafford. All right, bro. He might be throwing for more yards this season, but like that team is always down, and they got to throw, throw, two throw. To, two to one, two to one touchdown interception ratio. Higher quarterback rating than Matt Stafford, with far less around him and a far less good coach. Not even a real NFL uh, head coach. I I will say it. Yeah, Matt Stafford. I'm gonna. This is a Derek Carr discussion. Talking about Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford has the last couple of weeks, not this week that just happened. The last couple of weeks when they were on that losing streak, yeah, it was just throwing some. Uh, I don't. I don't know. He's taking a dump in his hand and just throwing it out there sometimes, um, like a monkey uh, at the zoo. But like, I still would consider Matt Stafford a better quarterback than I. I just think the the Rams just fell flat on their face for a little bit. Okay, even besides the Stafford, but one, the Raiders are not bad because of Derek Carr. And they are a better team right. because of Derek Carr. I want to Carr. make something clear All right, to fine. the people. You said don't panic. You got Derek Carr as your quarterback, so you never had a chance. In panic or not. Okay. No, you, I, you did say that. I said that. <laughs> I never thought Derek Carr was a bad quarterback. I always considered him a middle of the road, never going to get really get you anywhere. He's serviceable. He's a quarterback. I think he's better than that. I, I think he's proven that. Um. This organization has been bad for a while now. And listen, he can't fix um, a coach sending out-of-line emails. He can't fix that. He can't te- he, he can't drive all his teammates home. He can't be the D&D, uh, uh, the designated driver, yeah, the D&D, for all his friends. Um, he can't fix those things. But he is a quarterback... So he kind of reaps the benefits sometimes when the team is down. You said it for years. You always thought Drew Brees was overrated because, oh, that team's always down. He's just got to throw, throw, throw. Mm. Team's always down. Got to throw, throw, throw. But it's not even just about the numbers. It's just about the fact they can't even win a game unless he's balling out. And they were playing, just as a team, pretty well until – John Gruden was found out to be not the greatest man. Um, and I didn't think John Gruden was a very good coach anyway. I thought the game passed him by. Um, ooh, excuse me, my notes. Um, a little while ago, and he should have just stayed in broadcasting. Oh, boy, should he have stayed in broadcasting. He might still be liked. Um, but they was going well. Mm. And then, you know, he lost John Gruden, and it it's not going well anymore. And part of that is Ruggs, too. You know, you lose a guy like Ruggs. That's he a, still won some games that they probably shouldn't have won even during that. They've won, like, one game. I think they've won two. Oh. And they beat the Cowboys in overtime. I don't think the Cowboys are that good. They have eight wins. They're a decent team. And Derek Carr was why they won that game. 435 yards multiple times after the Raiders' defense collapsed on stupid things. Once again, i got to take my team down the field and score more points because my defense can't do anything. 
Listen, I've just said Derek Carr is not good enough to really win you much of anything. I think he's, and I, I feel think that he's, still I, is I think still he's, correct. I, I think he's a top 10 quarterback. I think he's maybe 10. Okay. But he's better than, you know. Maybe one day I'll sit and write a list. I, we kind of should someday. Maybe maybe in the off season though. We've talked about doing. Yeah, you know, I think we will. Anyway, so next one. I'm going to be nice again. You hit it out of the park on the Cleveland Browns. And you know why? Not only... Did you say they weren't as that you didn't? Oh yeah, I had them winning the division. You're like, ah, I don't trust them at all. But not only am I going to give you credit for that, I'm going to give you credit for this. Acknowledging everything I said about why I thought they'd win the division, didn't argue with a single piece of it. You're like, no, they're the best roster in that division. Oh yeah, no, they're one of the best rosters in the AFC for sure. But they're the Browns, so they're going to brown it up somehow. And that's exactly how you can describe this because that's still a really good roster, and their defense is pretty good. And they still have Nick Chubb. So you, you, you were right. You hit the nail on the head. You, you took a team. You looked at the roster and said, this is the best roster. And I'm still not buying it because they're going to mess it up in other ways. And they did. Yeah. I, I, to be honest, I didn't think they would be this bad, though. No, I know. I still thought they would be competing for a playoff spot. No, they like, they still you know. are competing for a playoff spot. Oh, I mean, they are, especially with that bizarre division they're in. Oh, everyone's um, like jammed together. Um, and with that extra playoff spot, you know, it almost seems like no one can be eliminated. Hmm. Texans are though. Yes, they are. It's good for them. Yeah. All right. uh, I like how actually. Sorry, this is a little. Uh, yes. Out there, but like the Texans are eliminated despite the fact that Jacksonville sits behind them. In the standings. <laughs> That's funny. Yes. That's really funny, actually. All right. So, and then the last one you were wrong on, I went I went back in the archives, and uh, you said San Francisco. You said Seattle was going to finish ahead of San Francisco, and you had Seattle on a fringe playoff team. So y- you were wrong on that. I and I said I said at the time you were crazy. The game is past Pete Carroll by San Francisco, and the Rams will finish ahead of them. Seattle is not making it. Mm. You, you were wrong on that. I I was wrong. I didn't see these injuries coming, yeah. which are always hard to predict. They're going to happen. You can't always predict who. Um, and I, I didn't see Arizona being this good. Oh, nobody, which nobody, nobody saw that. You didn't either. No, no. Most people didn't see that. You had... Who you had? I had the 49ers winning the division. I had the Rams right behind them by like a game. And then I had Seattle and Arizona. I believe I had, you had Rams. Rams, Seattle, Niners, Cardinals. But okay. the way you talked about the Niners, you made it seem like Seattle would pull away a little bit near the end. Yeah, no, I that's that's on that's what I thought. Mm-hmm. So and I was, you know, and they weren't a good team even before some of these injuries happened. Mm-hmm. Um, so and now the bottom's falling out. Yes, but I some of this has to do with the Cardinals. Mm, and how no one yeah no i mean i don't so I want be to be mean i didn't think they'd be bad i just thought that oh no was we too said hard. we said they were going to be at the bottom of a great division and we said there's some divisions in the nfl we could even see them winning but like they were just in that division yeah but it turns out the rams like to shoot themselves in the foot um the uh 49ers are still broken and seattle is awful playing 1990s football yes all right so that has been it, guys, for the right and wrong segment. We are going to take another quick break, and we will be back with the Texas Rangers, their moves. Brian Kelly to LSU. I'll tell you about that, uh, why I also think it's ridiculous, why Brian Kelly's getting hammered 
by the media and people about being a jerk for leaving. What the heck? And then we'll get to our Tommy report and Darwin award. As always, stick with us, guys. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back here. Slow your roll. And we're getting ready to finish up the show in a few. We got two segments before our always closing segments and a little bit more baseball talk to swing it back around to the start of the show. But this one on the Texas Rangers. Let's get into this now. I have said this before. The uh, definition of insanity is trying the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. And I believe we have a precedent in baseball on this. You can't be a bad team and then go out and buy a bunch of players and buy yourselves a playoff run contention or make yourself a better team. The Texas Rangers were 60 and 102 last year, and yet they have spent a half a billion dollars now in the offseason to bring in Corey Seager, Marcus Simeon, John Gray, and there was another one I just can't remember. Remembered off the top of my head. It wasn't as big as those three, though. Those are the big ones, particularly Seeger and Simeon, who are both all-stars and huge multi-million dollar deals. But you the, said tw- it. the 2012 Marlins tried this. You're like, Corey Seeger, John Grace, another one? And no, then Marcus. You list, then Marcus you listed, well, then you listed Simeon. You said no, no, no. There's four, though. Oh, okay. There's sorry. I, I just don't remember the other one right now. The 2012 Marlins tried this. The 2013 Blue Jays tried this. The 2015 Padres tried this. And last year, the 2021 Padres, again, tried this. And they all failed. They all didn't make the playoffs. And they were all, other than this year's San Diego Padres, all committing baseball bulimia within the end of the year to after the year and selling off the pieces. You can't buy World Series. You can't even buy contention in playoff spots. If you are not a good baseball team, you cannot buy being a good baseball team in free agency. My standard on this has been this. Now, you must have a reason to think with just the roster constructed, if you made no moves, that your team would be significantly better next year, whether your team was super young or whatever it is. And secondly, you cannot spend big money in free agency if you have to repair multiple facets of your team. If you just need to throw money to repair the lineup, or the pitching staff, particularly starter or bullpen, pick one. You can do that and it can work. But as soon as you start throwing money at multiple free agents, especially superstar or high-end, trying to fix different facets of your roster, that means your roster is not that good. And free agency, let's be honest, plenty work. But if you bring in multiple ones a year, at least one, but sometimes two are not going to work at all. Who says Seager doesn't get hurt again and this contract isn't terrible? Or Simeon was down the year before, before he blew up at the Jays last year. So it's not going to work. Texas, you're starting road. And this is what I mean by we have to have a reason to think we're going to be better next year, even if we didn't make a move. Their, ro- their starting rotation consisted of Jordan Lyles, old. Mike Fultonavich, also old. Dan Dunning, also old and not a big prospect. When I say old, I don't mean like super old, but I mean they're not prospects anymore. You don't, there's no reason to think they're going to be better. Lyles is like 34. Uh, Fultonavich is like 29. Dunning is like 27, 28. He was never a big prospect anyway. The only one you could even consider a prospect that they used at any time in the starting rotation last year was Allard. Not a big prospect. He's 25. So no reason to think that's going to get better. The lineup was garbage. 
other than Adolis Garcia, who I want to go in on more because everyone thought he should be the rookie of the year. He was the darling of baseball a little bit for a while. And I don't buy Adolis Garcia. He walked 32 times last year, and he had 196 strikeouts, and he batted about 243. Terrible eye at the plate, swings at everything. He hit 312 with 11 homers and 27 RBIs in May. You know what he did from June to September? He hit 225. He had one great month. And he's also not that young. He's 28. So I don't buy the even the one bright spot of your team. is going to be anything moving forward. I think you're going to find out he's a fourth outfielder at best next year. And yet, Corey Seager, Marcus Simeon, John Gray, we're going to go for it now. It's not going to work. This is the 2012 Marlins, it's 2013 Jays. It's last year's Padres. It's 2015's Padres. It's not going to work. Do you have any thoughts on that, Jesse? Well, I mean, I just can't believe uh, the Texas Rangers. Because, I mean, this just, it couldn't help me. I couldn't help but think back to 20 years ago when the Texas Rangers threw, it was 10 years, $252 million at the best shortstop on the market. Oh, yeah. Alex Rodriguez. And it's like, oh, we're, you can't win throwing all this money at a couple great players. Um, The roster constructed has to be decent or at least a reason for you to think, even if you didn't make a move, it's going to be good next year. If you throw so much money at only a couple positions, the other positions will be cheap and you will falter. Mm -hmm. So... Throw your money. Think you're going to be good. And hey, these are good players. Corey Seeker's a good player. Marcus Simeon's a good player. They are two players on a whole field. Mm. Uh, John Gray is one pitcher in an entire rotation. <laughs> so this is not. It's not going to work. This is We've seen- 500 baseball at best Yeah, with that money. Which, I, you know what? If they play 500 baseball, that is an improvement because they lost 102 games last oh, year. I expect it. I, you got to improve a little bit with these guys, right? I'll, yeah. But like, I, you're I, not going to yeah, you're not gonna buy a World Series like I put this. them at 74 wins. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's what I have. It. This, this, it's the Marlins, the Jays, the Pods all over again. That's what it is. But I think like the Rangers didn't learn anything of like, hey, like let's throw this massive these massive contracts. And it's like look at like the team, look at the Phillies. They haven't made the playoffs with Bryce Harper. Mm-hmm. The Padres have not made the playoffs with Manny Machado. Mm-hmm. The Angels it's hard it's hard to uh say look at the Angels in that massive trout contract because they were never making the playoffs when he wasn't being paid that much money. But hey, look at the Angels. Mm-hmm. Um so uh, what do you think about my broader philosophy, though? Also, that you can't well, well, I, to to spend big money in free agency. You must obviously look at the roster and what I, what I just said, but also you must be saying, "I'm only doing this to repair one certain piece of my team." Do you think that's the appropriate way to do it? Yeah, no, a piece or two here, or there. Yeah. Like, that- listen, if, if if let's say your let's say your bullpen's good. And your offense is awesome. And the only thing you really lack is starting pitching. If you want to blow a bunch of money and throw it at two or three guys, I'm actually okay with that. Because even if only two of them work, I'm good everywhere else. So, like, my team is going to get significantly better. But you can't sprinkle in, well, I need to fix the lineup. So here's one, two pieces there. I need to fix the starting rotation. Here's a piece there. Like, it's not. 
Yeah. If one of them whiffs, which one of them always whiffs when you bring in multiple big name free agency, you're not a good team. No, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Um, because like, uh, no, you, I, yeah, you said it. Like, oh my, my rotation is bad. I'm gonna spend all my money on one or two guys, and then all right, I win the first two games. Every time we start the rotation over, and then we fall off and lose three, and now you're you're losing three out of five every time, mm-hmm. at least. Mm-hmm. And those two guys can't win every game either. No. Um. And so yeah, I know a free agency is definitely for. Obviously, these these bad teams shouldn't pick up free agents. Like you know, free agent because you know you can fill up your team with free agents, Mm -hmm. get the backups, uh, and yeah, this, all right, we don't really have a third baseman. Let's go get a third baseman. We need a couple bullpen arms. Let's let's buy some bullpen arms. Mm. I would say free agency if you're a bad team and you don't really have a lot of prospects on the horizon as far as like being good for the next year. I would use free agency to see if you can get those, what I would call, uh, what is it, low-risk, high-reward guys. Guys coming off injury who may be good in the past, but now people don't really want to touch them or whatever. Which, on an island, the John Gray move, I, I wanted the Sox to bring in Gray. I love Gray. Um, it's a sensational move. Uh, but, but like, moves, not like Gray because he's not hurt. But if you want to bring in a guy who used to be, like like Noah Syndergaard. If you wanted to throw some money at Syndergaard or whatever, I don't have a problem with that. But if you're a bad team, it's not for bringing in multiple superstars and throwing in a bunch of money and think that you're going to be good. Yeah, and you can't, you can't free agent if you're a bad team you can't free agent your way into prosperity no, no. um and like a team like the tigers they were not a good team last year but they're better than they thought so they got th- some prospects that are starting to to play well yeah so i understand more they're a team that could they're not going to free agent their way into pros- prosperity cuz they have some pieces that they're they feel are could be good enough and will grow into be, a little better things. Mm-hmm. So the free they can spend in free agency, but they're, even they're not doing it on the level that the Rangers are. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't understand what the Rangers are doing unless it's about selling tickets. I don't know. But all right, I think we're on that. So moving on, last piece here. This will be all me for everyone in Louisiana <laughs> who I still know. My time spent down there. You got a new football coach. But Ryan Kelly leaves Notre Dame and goes to LSU. Two points. This is going to be a super quick turnaround. The cupboard is not bare at LSU. Very few people have left, and the recruiting field there is amazing. Do you know that Louisiana has the most NFL players in it per capita? Like adjusted for like actual population. Louisiana has the most players in the NFL. So, That's wild. I know. So it is a sensational recruiting place. And LSU is big out there. Other than being in New Orleans, which they love their Saints, you go anywhere else in Louisiana, it's LSU over the Saints. So as long as you're viable, they won't leave. And and Ed Orgeron was not a great coach, but he was a great recruiter. So Brian Kelly looked at the talent that they have there, and he goes, I'm going to win right away. Don't be shocked if LSU is in national or at least playoff contention next year. The very quick turnaround for Brian Kelly I think it's a home run by hire by LSU. I never bought the Lane Kiffin rumors. Uh, I thought he wasn't going to fit the culture down there. Um, he's a little bit too flashy and a little bit too bigger than the program. And I don't think that that was going to land real well for a lot of people, especially boosters there. I think this is the hire. You've got a tough, gritty football coach who's all about football. 
and especially tough running. That's what LSU is. They want to be the big physical bad boy on the block, and they have the recruitment and the players in their field and the money and all the buy-in from the people around it to be that player. I mean, listen, they've won national titles with three different head coaches. Ed Orgeron wasn't even a great coach. They had to fire him, and yet they won a national title two years ago because that's how much talent you can bring in at LSU. Here's the last piece, though. I don't get all the criticism that these coaches are getting for leaving, in particular the Brian Kelly one. Kelly was at Notre Dame for a long time, and he had hit a ceiling because Notre Dame is not all about football. They are not. They are a high academic school. They play kind of a political game as well. It's not an easy place to coach. It's not all about football all the time. And Brian Kelly has taken that team as far as it can go. And every time he makes the playoffs, he gets rolled by Alabama or Clemson because they have better players because that's all about football. They don't care about the academic standards. And yet we mock Brian Kelly. So we said, nope, now's the time. I want to go all in and I want to go to a school where I can get the best players, where I can make the playoff and I don't have to look across the field at Nick Saban or whoever else, Dabo Sweeney, and go, if I had those guys, I'd have a chance in this game. But I don't have those guys because I coach at Notre Dame. I have to deal with the religious thing, the academic thing. It's cold. It's isolated. I've been to South Bend. I stayed a night in South Bend uh, on a cross-country trip. It's, uh, it's kind of a bleak place especially in the winter. And I wasn't even there in the winter, and it was still bleak. So not an easy place to recruit. I don't understand it. Kelly was at Notre Dame for a long time. He took that place to the highest it can go. Here's the other thing. Players aren't even loyal anymore in college football. We have the transfer portal. They can leave whenever they want. And the college, in their delusion, we expect to be competing for national titles. Like this is the 70s or the 30s. Like it's Newt Rockney or Lou Holtz. So they were talking about Brian Kelly uh, firing Brian Kelly some years back. So it's not even like Notre Dame was that loyal to him. I have no problems with him going to LSU. I like it that he said near the end of my career, I'm going to put all the chips to the center of the table and I'm going to go for it. I want the best players and I want to go for a national title. Kudos to Brian Kelly. I'm actually rooting for him at LSU. LSU, some of you, because he's not a SEC guy, some people I know aren't in love with the hire. I think it's a home run hire and I think it works right away at LSU for Brian Kelly. And I know you don't have much to add there, Jesse, because you don't like college football. Can you at least, like, any of some of the things I said, though, like, not knowing the thing, but being, like, the loyalty thing? Like, you're the winningest coach in Notre Dame history. You've been there forever. And players transfer and stuff. What the heck is wrong with saying, I want to go to a place that it's all about football because I want to see if I can win a national title? No, I get that. If you just feel like you can't take the next step here, why would you not go somewhere else exactly. in anything? Especially when you get mocked all the time for getting blown out when you get them to the playoff. Because those teams don't have much. They shouldn't really be in the playoff. And yet Kelly's a good enough coach to get them there. But then they go up against five-star recruits who are all making the NFL, where his team, a couple of guys are going to make the NFL, not the whole team. And they get blown out. Because you got to face the best coaches with way better players than what you have. Mm. So, sure. No, he, wa- he wanted to go all in. I, 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 I get things like that. Yeah, you gotta, gotta move up. You gotta move up. Gotta achieve something. Exactly. He hit the ceiling at Notre Dame. Let's go. Let's hit the next step. Yeah. All right. With that, we are getting ready to close things out. Jesse, I'm gonna turn it over to you actually for basically to close this whole show out. Tommy, report 
You got oh, it? Oh, yeah. Everyone is clamoring. What did he do this week? If you didn't watch the game. Oh, he played with his favorite toy again, didn't he? Yeah, he beat the Falcons again. This time he used Chris Godwin as his weapon. Uh, with through to him. We had 15 receptions for 143 yards. But our man, Tommy, was obviously the main show. Four more touchdown passes. Two to Gronkowski, which they are. That tandem is second all time in most touchdown passes together behind Peyton Manning and uh, Marvin Harrison. Yup. Mm. They just passed uh, Rivers and Antonio Gates. Oh, Philip really? Rivers and Antonio, Ga- oh, Antonio Gates. They have. I would not have guessed that that was, <laughs> that was number no, three. No, it was like, you know, not to crap on Antonio Gates, but I wouldn't expect him to be up there with Philip Rivers. Um, I was actually more crapping on Rivers than Gates. but That's what I mean. Like, I'm not trying to crap on Gates. Oh, okay. Um, okay. He, he was a great tight end. Um, but I wouldn't expect him to be up there with a guy like Philip Rivers throwing him. Yeah. So many passes. Yes. Um, but, yeah, uh, they have 90 touchdowns together. Or, excuse me, 89 for Philip Rivers and Antonio Gates. Brady and Gronk have 90. And Marvin Harrison and... Peyton Manning have, I think it's 112. Wow. So is it only regular season that they count? I I think it is. I think it's only regular season. I don't think it's a playoff. I don't know. I actually don't know the answer to that I question. Think, I think it might be only regular season. Okay. Well, there's a bit of a ways to go if they want to go for that record. Yeah, I don't. I don't think they're hitting that. I kind of don't think so either. It's <laughs> I don't think at so. least 22 more. Yeah. No. Especially if it's just regular season. Yeah. Uh, that that that's tough. Mm-hmm. Um. But hey. I don't know. Did you want to talk about the Bucks at all? And oh, actually, yeah, we can talk about the Bucks real quick. Because um, we wanted to extend this one a little more. We did, we did, because we want to talk the Bucks in a larger whole uh, segment here. I I see some issues. And, yeah, and in, especially since only one team gets a buy now, they're very reliant on throwing the football. They don't run the ball well. I don't. They're not super balanced offensively. I we've seen without AB and Gronk, Brady's not nearly as good. So if one of those, well, I mean, AB looks like he's already gone. But if they have Gronk, it's fine. But if they lose Gronk too, that had a huge effect on Brady. So it helps that they kind of feel like they have their division wrapped up a little bit. I feel like they're very susceptible though when you play one of the some of the better defenses because they're so one dimensional. That's why the Saints can have so much success with them. Um, and yeah, and uh, listen. Defensively, man, their secondary is still not great, and it's still beat up. So I got some serious issues with the Buccaneers. And uh, we all thought for sure they'd be the Super Bowl favorites out of the NFC. I'm not sure if they are anymore. I kind of feel like the Packers are. And even then, I kind of feel like the Rams match up very well with the Bucks. No, that's true. I feel the same way because that defense is... It's average. At best. At best. I, yeah, they can, they, get, they, they can get carved up by a good quarterback. They can. They they do still stop the run, though. Yes. They, that is, it is so hard to run on that That is defense. true. Uh, I will say that. Yeah. Um, and I still, for the most part, expect that offense to be able to compete with most teams. But, yeah, like, if it's just like Godwin and Evans, uh, it's, it's tough. Yeah, and the other thing is... If, and the NFL becomes so situational and stuff, too. If they do get off to a good start and get a lead, I don't trust their ability to really hang on to it because they can't run the ball. 
and their passing defense isn't great. So even if they get a lead in the playoffs and against these better teams, I just don't like their ability to hang on to that lead either just because they don't play that complimentary football. I do like their schedule the rest of the way for them, though. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's, yeah, well, they play the Jets to end the year and somebody yep. else. It's, well, they have the Bills next week, which is definitely going to be their toughest game. Because yes. it's the Saints, who they have problems with, yeah. but no Winston. So we'll see how much of a problem they have. Yeah, and the game will be in Tampa. Yeah, and then it's Panthers, Jets, Panthers. Mm. And that's the end of the season. Yeah, that is that is a nice, workable schedule. Yeah. So, so I mean, I don't know if they'll get that number one seed. The Cardinals still uh, hold it, and yeah, the Packers are playing really good football. They're ahead of them, mm-hmm. um, so we'll we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. All right, and with that, we'll be getting ready to finish things up. We'll go to our always weekly Darwin Award. I feel like we've got some good ones over the past two weeks. Yeah, and I like this one, Dave Gettleman. That was gr- that was really good, and uh, now we now we got one this week. Yeah. You gonna, you going to set it up or no? I I don't need much for it. Uh, I thought you were going to videotape it. <laughs> oh. Oh, sure. I can do that. Hey, let's do that. Yeah. So we can really put, make fun of this guy. Yeah. Put it, so we can put it on the Instagram. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm probably putting a lot on there today. All right. So, Jesse Caulfield. Oh, you're using the wrong thing. I'm a fool. <laughs> let's go, baby. All right. Jesse Caulfield. Take it away. We're going to do a little drum roll. Try not to knock it down, though. All right? (laughs) Yeah. All right. Drum roll, please. This week's Darwin Award winner is John Harbaugh. Harbaugh? Harbaugh. John Harbaugh. Harbaugh. Yes. Darwin goes to John Harbaugh. Yeah, I don't know why I whiffed on that. Jesse, take it away. Bop, 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 bop. Oh, John Harbaugh. And I like John Harbaugh. I don't like the Ravens. Oh, yeah. No, he's not a bad... No, he's he's one of the best coaches in the NFL. I love that this happened also. And I even said earlier, and many of us saying it, one of the best seasons he has ever coached. But what was that play call to end that game? You are in a, like, listen, rivalry game, decisions, big decisions have to be made. But, like, just kick the extra point, man. You have... You have Justin Tucker. You're afraid you're going to miss the extra point or something? If your kicker is injured, that's one thing. Oh, I'm going for the dagger right here. And, like, I don't know what it is about the division. They've all played, like, tough overtime games a lot. Oh, they all Ravens have played a bunch. The Steelers have played a bunch. Steelers, like, every week. It's, it's overtime again. Um, you didn't – did you not like your chances in OT against the Steelers? Against ancient Big Ben and that offense? Yeah. Like, you didn't think – you could have, at some point, Justin Tucker make a field goal before they scored other po- any points whatsoever. Bro, Come on, bro. The Steelers couldn't drive down the field and score points against the Seahawks in overtime. Yeah. They got lucky with a fumble. I know. Geno Smith, baby. And, yeah, it was horrible. But, like, come on. Wait, didn't they tie that game anyway? No, 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 they didn't. No, 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 they, they, they won Geno Gino fumble. They, they tied with the Lions. They tied the Lions. You didn't think you could beat a team that tied with the Lions? In OT? Yeah. Come on. I don't get it. I don't get it either. Uh, Listen, I know on the road, the analytics say be aggressive and go for the win. And I didn't mind it like when the Bills did it against the Titans way back near the beginning of the year. Um, I thought that was a smart one. But this one, football situationally, 
I don't care at all, even if the Steelers get the ball first. I don't trust Big Ben in that offense to go down the field and score anything. No, not at all. <laughs> I think just football situation-wise, that was a terrible move by Harbaugh. It was a low-scoring game anyway. You think right there they're going to turn it on yeah. and just march down the field? Like I said, this team went to OT, only scored on the Seahawks because Geno fumbled the ball in prime field position, and they couldn't score against the Lions and tied them. No, I'm gonna go for. I gotta. I gotta go for two now. Win the game right now. I don't. I don't trust us in overtime. Come on, Johnny. Yeah, I, I thought that was a bad one. Come on, Johnny. What are you doing? Yeah. You don't deserve Coach of the Year anymore. <laughs> Just for that. Yep. That's mean. That's that's a little far. I mean, I think Bill I, deserves just, it more anyway. Well, but. no, he does. But I just think he really deserves the Darwin Award for this week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. He is the Darwin. Which, which, like, hey, you have one of the best seasons, but one of the dumbest calls. Come on, bro. Do you think that is one of the dumbest in-play NFL calls of the year? Of the year? Yeah. Yeah. Top five. Oh, thank you. I agree. Like, come on. <laughs> Big Ben. Justin Tucker. Big Ben looks like he needs a walker out there. The Pittsburghs. The 2021 Pittsburgh Steelers. It was bad. It was mind-boggling. All right. All right. All right. Uh, congratulations again to John Harbaugh for the Darwin. John what? John what? <laughs> I, Harb- Harbaugh. Harbaugh. <laughs> I can't say his name. John Harbaugh. Congratulations on the Darwin. Maybe I should win one, too, because I can't even say your name. Like like, like you stopped caring halfway through. John Harbaugh. <laughs> Harbaugh. All right. Your brother's better than you this week. Just this week, though. <laughs> he got Michigan to the playoff. All right. That has been it, guys, for Slow Your Roll this week. And as I've said, if you guys want to get in touch with us, ask us questions, things you want covered on the show, get in touch with us on our you know private accounts if you follow us, or also at Slow Your Roll on Instagram, slowyourroll.com, um, to follow past episodes and also just news around sports and Jesse's articles uh, from the Yaki Wave Report. Thank you very much, everyone. Have a great rest of the day.